welcome back to the podcast you are listening to starting the conversation with what episode number are we on (laughs) episode number 87 episode number 87 with your host not me it is alice benham but But i'm the co-host cat Cat welcome to the podcast she's welcomed herself onto it (laughs) that may be the first and the last time that a guest does the intro well only because you wouldn't start it yourself yeah true i was just whining about how i don't like starting it so you went shall i do it and i went yes please thank you very much cat welcome to the podcast thanks for having me on let's kick off with our high low you had a face of panic when i reminded you that this was a segment yeah within the podcast shall i start us off yes so that you can have a think about yours please why should you go okay we will as always start with our lows to end on a high my low things are going pretty great it's all right. Sometimes I've got too many lows. Sometimes I've got too many highs. Um, I was thinking my way here about what my low would be. And it's quite a trivial low, but also my high is a very trivial high. So I'm just going to keep that as a constant. And my low is that I was going to bed last night, ready to wake up quite early this morning to drive to Manchester for this and other things. And I realized at about 11pm that I hadn't put the load of washing on that I needed to put on. That is the worst. To come away. So I had to put on a load of washing and then wait an hour for the washing to be done and then like put it in the dryer and hang the bits up that needed hanging up. So I didn't end up getting to sleep until about quarter to one and then woke up this morning at five. So that's my low is that I was dumb. I would be an absolute zombie if that was me. Really? Yeah. Do you need your sleep? Yeah. How much do you reckon you sleep a night? (laughs) You're gonna laugh. I'm like a full eight, eight and a half hours girl. That's inspiring, though. I don't think I it's. Need, I think it's the I most not ridiculous thing when I'm not slept. That it's a thing of like, oh, it's impressive if you don't sleep much. I think that's so so stupid. Yeah. Because it makes such a difference when you sleep well. Yeah, and it's only it's been like a massive revelation to me this year. Um, we're already getting off on a tangent, sorry, but it's been a massive revelation to me this year because I thought I slept well before, but now I sleep the proper eight hours that they say. They don't just say that for shits and giggles like Mm. it makes a huge difference and it's only when you've consistently had eight hours sleep that you realize how much it impacts every single area of your life Mm -hmm. it is insane so i know that things of like you don't realize what you haven't got until you've got it because it's your it's "Ah." your normal Mm. i do think and this is very me of me to think that i've got something a little bit different i don't think i need as much sleep as other people because most weekdays I probably sleep oh, about... Come back to me in a few years when you're my age. <laughs> no, an, adult, like... an adulthood is hitting you hard. Not like don't need as much sleep. <laughs> but I'm like pretty like fresh off of... As long as I've got like five hours. How old I'm are you? I'm fresh. 21. Yeah. Come, like, it's going to hit me. It's totally going to hit I'm you. I'm going to listen to this back and go, what a naive moron yeah. you were. Well, well, no. But it, it does... Like you can push through when you're younger. Mm. It's like when people say... When they were younger, they could go out and still go to work the day after with a hangover. Yeah, that's true. And I just feel like when you're young, you do just have that superpower of just being young. Mm. But I do enjoy it when I sleep a proper night's sleep. So it's not that I don't see the benefit in it. Just right now, other things for like a priority over sleeping. Well, we're going to cover that today then. (laughs) Get into that one. Uh, What would your low be? My low is, I'm sure we'll get into this at some point, but I am essentially i've just just decided this week after months of thinking about it that i'm going to be doing my first group coaching like round in january 
which is really cool and exciting and people are what people want it but I've my low is that mean voice in the back of your head that is like why are you doing this you're doing something when you're doing something new it's that thought of what if no one cares mm-hmm. or not what if no one cares no one cares why yeah. are you doing this yeah no one is gonna buy it uh-huh. no one cares no one wants to give you money to coach them and it's like that it's the fear before the launch mm-hmm. is my low even though it is just in my head it's not even like you've got that, no evidence yeah. to support that yeah. if anything people are like asking for it yeah and they want it but the imposter syndrome is biting me hard this week mm. oh my gosh I so resonate with that because that was obviously me like probably three four weeks ago as to when this is going out of that thing of like you it's so funny isn't it you can be so in love with something and be so excited about it and other people can be excited about it and you can have all the evidence in the world that it's going to be a success and that it's wanted and that it's needed and that it's a good idea but I don't think anything quite prepares you or can counteract that yeah like pre-launch feeling of but what if it doesn't work and I I think you almost just have to learn to sit with that because I don't think that's a red flag I get that you know, I've had unsuccessful launches where I've had that feeling and I've had very successful launches where I've had that feeling. Yeah. It's part of it. Yeah, and I almost have come to this conclusion in the past few weeks that I am not in control. Well, <laughs> I've not just come to this conclusion, but I've definitely fought it. Mm. But I'm learning to accept that I am, I have zero control over the outcome of anything. So you've got to just do your best, put out your work into the world and like you say if this podcast goes out and no one's done it then that's okay yeah that's really scary to to say out loud but it is Mm. it's very freeing it's a learning experience Mm. yeah if it doesn't it is that attitude of like well what as long as you take action action is productive even if the outcome isn't what you wanted you learn something yeah it's the stagnant and the i'm not going to move because it doesn't feel ready or it doesn't feel like it's going to be a success or whatever else flags up I think that's actually where you're you know that's where failure sits I think as long as you're moving yeah somewhere I think it's all you can do right yeah it's even worse for me because this is my like bread and butter that I'm constantly talking about the fear of failure hmm. so whenever I feel scared to do something I know it's that signal that I need to do it yeah because it's it it's the right it's like pushing me in the right direction Mm. yeah I always think it's a good it's like a litmus test almost isn't it like if something scares you probably shows it's something that you really want or something that's worth taking a risk for yeah 100% it's like when it feels easy it's like oh something's not right (laughs) yeah but equally missing your washing load is also really annoying too. thanks Kat appreciate that I feel like I'm coming off the back of a quite <laughs> full-on few weeks yeah. I'm enjoying my mundane <laughs> highs and lows um you've got to have your house in order you know exactly it's important carrying on the theme of very mundane highs and lows my high of the day is that at about 8 30 this morning halfway down a motorway I had ham sandwich with pombez in it at what time <laughs> at eight in the morning it's my <laughs> breakfast and Kat it was the most brilliant start to my day you are the oddest eater I think I've ever met and I love it and Kat there's so much that you don't see (laughs) like when you said to me before we hit record I've been really thinking about where to go for lunch because I know that you're a fussy eater I thought 
bloody hell, if you think I'm a fussy eater from what I put on Instagram, you act like that's a very limited exposure to it because I don't like people thinking I'm a fussy eater. So I'm like, wow, people would not be ready that's for so what's funny. to come outside of that. <laughs> but it was lovely. A little waitrose, like kids meal deal. Had a yum yum. Had a piece of cheese. I mean, a yum yum is an acceptable breakfast item. If is it? You're really treating yourself, yeah. Oh, fantastic. So that was anything pastry. Not a little slab of cheese and a not pom bear and a ham sandwich. No. <laughs> well, that's my high cat. I think because I've been up since five, it. Well, no, it didn't feel like lunchtime because it was only three and a half hours into my day, but I, it felt like the right way to start things off. You do you. Thank you. What would your high be? Please tell me it's not quite as lowbrow as that one. <laughs> Food is usually the highlight of my day, mm-hmm. but the highlight for me even though I've just said I'm really scared about it, is also the launch. Yeah. Because I think I've worked a lot in the past few months. A recurring theme seems to be pushing everything till next year because it's that new year. It's, you know, know, it's around the corner Mm. and I've definitely fallen into the trap of, oh, well, I'll try that next year. Oh, I'll wait till next year and then I'll do that. And I've made a few like big decisions in the past month just from thinking, why wait till the new year? Yeah. So my high is that realisation, I think, that why not just give it a go? Mm. So even though it's my low, it's also my high. Yes. I'm sure you have that a lot. Yeah. And I think particularly with launches, there's that dual, this is the most terrifying thing ever, but this is also the most exciting thing ever. And I think that combination is thrilling yeah <laughs> like depends which side of it you're sitting more on on a certain day probably won't be getting my eight hours sleep in the next week no might oh. have to sacrifice some things to get that one out staring there. at the ceiling i think it's part of the fun is having those two feelings which you know when separated make no sense that they could sit in harmony actually sit in harmony and be quite productive yeah because i think there's an element of the this is terrifying what if it doesn't work that really keeps you motivated and keeps you pushing and then i think there's an element of this is so exciting that actually makes you want to do it. And I think when it feels like something is the two of those, I always think that's a bit of a green flag that it feels like a right fit. Yeah. And it's so interesting you say there about, even when this episode goes out, you know, there'll still be a month left of this year. I remember even six weeks ago doing that same thing of going, oh, I'll do that next year. I'll launch, I'll work on that project next year. I'll level up that element of my business next year. And then I just looked at my calendar and I was like, there's 12 weeks before the end of this year. And I, at that point, the six week thing wasn't even a concept. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, within four weeks, I brought together like my biggest launch yet. How interesting that we just tell ourselves that story of, I don't have time or I'll leave that for then. But then when you prove yourself wrong, it's like, oh damn, like you can get a lot done in even a month. That's like a good challenge. Yeah. And a good reminder that your gut instinct isn't like it's not always serving you in the best way. And I guess it's not gut instinct if it's doing that. But to question, I guess, all those stories that you tell yourself or the conclusions that you come to of like, oh, it's fine. That feels like a focus for next year. But you being able to stop and be like, actually, am I just trying to put things off or am I like, why am I doing that? Yeah. I think it's a fine line, isn't it? And it's recognizing that for Mm. yourself. And I think this year I've recognised that coming up for me. Putting things off because I somehow think that in 2020 it'll be the right time. 100% not. When does it launch? 
the pre-order for the workbook launches this Sunday as we're recording this so the 1st of December so I think when this goes out there'll be a week left to get in just because I just want the group to come together before the end of the year just to say you know welcomes and introductions and kick things off on the second how exciting so yeah well you'll have to send me all of the information and then I can put it in the show notes for people to go and find it but I very much appreciate with it within that high low section you really balanced out my very mundane and surface level highs and lows with what sounds very significant for your business yeah (laughs) well it just so happens to be have all happened this week because otherwise mine would be something like I really want to tidy my office (laughs) that'd be my low I had a really good breakfast (laughs) yeah and my high would be food related 100% yeah I don't even want to consider the emotional relationship I have with food (laughs) not not willing to explore it someone suggested this book to me the other day that was like helping you to unpick the relationship you have with food outside of seeing it as a nutrient and I just thought I'll tackle that in my 40s when I've got a bit of free time (laughs) oh my god do you know what I mean that's like my whole relationship with food is emotional so that's a long time to be eating pom bears for at 8am cat don't come for me (laughs) I'll do whatever I want thank you very much first time ever we have a one word conversation starter as affirmed by Kat yourself you're really taking the lead on co-hosting this podcast it means the world so this week's conversation starter is boundaries Kat I feel like you are known as boundaries are my thing boundaries are your thing and I think as someone that maybe has less successful relationship with boundaries is the way that we're going to put it and as someone yourself who you're obviously not perfect with it but it's something that you're very aware of it's something that you help other people with I thought it would be interesting just to explore how boundaries interact with us as business owners and I guess both from our personal experience and also from the work that you do how people can start to think about what boundaries look like for them yeah so if someone's listening to this and they're like you've said this one word conversation starter and I don't even understand that like what is that even something you can answer like what is a boundary Yes, I think a boundary is anything that you choose to set in place in your life that is going to allow you to function in your life mm-hmm. at your best. So this could be something related to your well, you know, your well-being, it could be your mental health, it could be your physical health, it could be your business, you know, your financial health, the health of your business. But I think it's almost like putting a flag in the ground or setting a rule whether it's with yourself or with other people that you are going to uphold because you know that it's serving you and serving your business. Mm. Because I think one of the misconceptions I notice around boundaries is that they're very self-serving and that they're almost this fluffy extra of like, oh, if you've got your life in order, if everything feels good, if nothing, you know, really urgent feels like the priority, great. It's a bit of a luxury to start thinking about boundaries and it's this added extra to a life that's already sustainable and successful and productive for everyone involved but your perspective would be that boundaries are actually fundamental to building that life 100% I think the more people start seeing boundaries and these fluffy things like (laughs) self-care the word that no one wants to hear Mm. which you frame as put yourself first yeah which I like it feels far more 
Like you, it makes sense. Thank you. Whereas I guess self-care has a lot of connotations with it that people just don't connect with. Yeah. But at its core, it's putting yourself first, right? 100%. And I think the more people see it as, as a practical, essential element of being a functioning human being, mm. like the better people are going to feel. And in this context, the more people are going to enjoy the business, enjoy showing up for their clients and customers. And be able to like grow and thrive I know that sounds really cheesy I am a life coach I say cheesy things but it is true how often do you say the word season I don't I don't just give me a count on it yeah (laughs) I don't use that word I'm not that fluffy you used it in a podcast that I listened to. Oh, did to I? Right <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm being called out now. You literally said in the episode From that you have been interviewed on. <laughs> you just said I it see. was a language that you really liked, of like right. how life and business works in seasons. Yeah. But is, I have right. the relationship with the word season of like, I think it's a brilliant word. I just don't like using it. I wish there was another word for it because I yeah. find it a bit cringe. I know what you mean. And I think I follow a lot of people who that their language is is like that Mm. and I enjoy that but I have found more and more maybe it's shifted in the past couple months I found more and more that my audience need like practical down to earth just I think the the put yourself first thing like you said is such a good example because it's practical it's simple Mm. it's doable it's not doable but you know what that means whereas something like a season of hustle or a season of rest like what does that mean yeah. what does that look like yeah so I'm all about bringing it back to like the everyday stuff and mm. making it practical but I do love the word seasons love hate relationship yeah. love hate relationship because <laughs> also one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation on the podcast is because a few episodes back I had a conversation with my friend Jess kind of loosely framed around burnout and you know, how long you work and how hard you work and how that's not actually of significance in terms of how successful you are. And there isn't a direct relationship between the two. And something that Jess and I kind of begun to unpack in the episode, which seems really clear in what you're saying, is the idea that actually putting boundaries around how you work and when you work means that when you are then in a place of work, you show up in such a better way. And it's not I think even the word boundary almost feels quite like for me it's got a negative connotation of like oh I'm doing less I'm being less I'm offering less I'm impacting less but actually when you see boundaries as like you said a fundamental thing to showing up at your best it just completely shifts the way that you see it because it's then not oh I'm putting boundaries in place because that coach told me to or because that's something I have to do is oh actually I'm putting a boundary in place because in order to be at my best that's fundamental to it yeah but I feel like that's a different way of looking at it to the message that's often there yeah that is really powerful and what you've just said there is it's about being present I always love to I hate the work-life balance thing as well because I think that's another phrase that doesn't mean anything what does that mean does it even exist whereas with boundaries setting a healthy boundary in place in your work or in your life because we can talk about that as well sometimes you need to set boundaries with life stuff that allows you to be present in whatever you're doing Mm. and I think in less fluffy terms that means that when you're working you're showing up and you're giving it 100% and you're all in but equally I think that the bit that people are missing is when you're not working Mm. you're showing up and Mm. you're all in 
you know you're not feeling guilty about the fact that you're not working or you're not half answering emails whilst you're spending time with friends and you know all the stuff that we were all definitely guilty of doing Mm, because there is that weird thing of oh I'm a better business owner or a better fill in the gap you know graphic designer coach educator photographer when I am available all hours and working all of the time but actually as humans like we can't be at our max capacity on our max output 24 7 life does ebb and flow and it is that interesting thing of like actually I can probably be a better coach in a seven hour period than I can in a 12 hour period by putting boundaries around it and not equating you know the hours and the whatever else with the output but actually the quality of it and like you said then there being a conscious separation of I know that I need to show up in this way because of this boundary as opposed to just it always being that wishy-washy you never quite feel like you're present here you're never quite present there and that's never a nice place to be in no and I think going back to the burnout stuff if you do get to that point and you find you've not set boundaries in place you've spent too much time with those blurred lines between your work and your life you know I know we've both been there you are not showing up sometimes at all when Mm. you're feeling like that Mm. you're definitely not growing your business or doing your most creative work or you know inspire inspiring the people that you want to inspire or reaching them helping them giving value so it's hugely important can you give me an example of a boundary that you have in your one for your personal life and one for your business life and not just what the boundary is but how it then impacts the way that you show up and makes you a better friend or business owner in whatever context it is cool question (laughs) (laughs) sleep is a great example sleep for me has become a priority almost over everything else I know that sounds ridiculous especially if you have kids and you're listening to this I'm always I'm very aware that I'm single 20 something but since I have decided to set that boundary in place and other things have fallen off track for me from doing that so I might not have this super inspiring coachy miracle morning routine where I get up and meditate and do yoga and write in my journal and do my morning pages and all this stuff that you see and you think you have to be doing Mm. some some mornings like this morning is a perfect example I knew you were coming and I wanted to make sure I was ready and did a little bit of work before you came so instead of getting up really early I would rather cut my morning routine short and make sure that I have that extra hour in bed Mm. and I think what you know maybe that does cost me that extra hour where I could be some super inspiring like yogi type coach where I tell people you know make what would that do for my brand if I was like oh I do yoga every morning and I drink my green juice and I'm like oh no I'll just sleep in till like half seven And I think what that would do for my business, like maybe it would give me more time in my day. Equally, I think the boundary of that comes up around friends and family too, because there is that there is that connotation still, like you said, where sleep is not sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. It's not it's not some if you say, Oh, I get eight hours sleep every night, someone's not gonna turn around and go, Oh, well done, you're doing amazing, you're smashing it. Yeah. So it's almost like how I'm perceived differently. For doing that mm. versus telling people oh I get up at 5am every single day mm. consistently mm. they'd be like oh well done you're so inspiring 
but I think the sleep boundary for me that definitely means I say no say no to stuff in the morning I, I don't book meetings in before 10 that's just my thing because I know that I need that time in the morning for myself equally I am not a late night person like I'm I definitely have sacrificed my social life in my 20s to to build my business and be able to look after myself but the sleep thing if I prioritize that as hard as it is as not sexy and, and instagrammable as it is that makes me a better coach I find when I'm well slept versus I've not had enough sleep I make quicker decisions I'm less anxious Mm. I'm definitely prone to less stress or you know when something small happens and your mood can make or break that situation so let's say you have a flat tire if I'm well slept and I have a flat tire it's cool it's fine it's just a flat tire Mm. if I have not slept and I have a flat tire it's the end of the world yeah and I think this applies to anything within your day in your business so if I get an email that I perhaps wouldn't have liked to receive or I get a no or I get a rejection or something happens if I have set that boundary in place and made sure I'm well slept then Mm. like everything is just easier Mm. and equally as a coach it's my job to show up feeling 10 out of 10 Mm. so I physically need that and sleep is a huge part of it yeah and it sounds like sleep for you is one that plays a role in like everything I'm sleeping all the time Kat loves (laughs) to sleep (laughs) become a sleep coach do you know I have actually got a book that you'll really love it's by a guy who's like a sleep expert and he talks all about like the psychology of sleep it kind of just you I finished reading the book and just thought I'm so stupid for not valuing sleep at all because it's such like we're not going to get into it now but I'd be so interested to hear if you I'd just be so interested to see and hear how you feel if you just maybe set yourself a challenge to sleep for eight hours every night for like a month Mm. and just see well I know that I'd feel feel. better I'm under no illusion that I know but how that would trickle down so the thing with sleep is it's that trickle down effect because Mm. it positively impacts literally everything yeah every single decision I'm a better decision maker I'm a better coach I'm a better this Mm. I'm a better that so I'd be so interested to hear Mm. how how it helped you or how it potentially changed things for you in your business yeah because I feel like that's kind of it with boundaries is in the moment they don't always feel like the most productive choice but long term or big picture they always are so for me the place that I'm in right now is like well I don't have time to sleep less to sleep more sorry but I know that if I were to choose to make the decision to sleep more, I would be more productive. I would faff around less. I would be less distracted. So I wouldn't need as much time. Yeah. So it's that it's like seeing it for the impact, right? Rather yeah. than the investment of it. Yeah. Something I'm interested to touch on because I'm conscious, you know, we're both service-based businesses. A lot of people listening to this podcast will be service-based businesses, but, you know, just business owners as a whole. I think a huge dynamic we don't often talk about is boundaries in client work particularly you know we're both coaches in very different spaces but people pay for our time and people pay for us and I don't know about you but I find that a really hard place to put boundaries into action because there is this weird message of to be good at what you do you are accessible at all hours you are available anytime that suits them and you are just at their service 24 7 And I've definitely been through a process and I'm really going through it right now, actually, of realizing 
the tipping point, I think, between, yes, a part of what people pay for is access and is support. So I need to figure out boundaries that facilitate that. But also on the flip side of that, I'm a better coach and a better human. And actually I show up better for them from a place of boundaries where I can still give them that support, but it's in a way that feels good for me. And something that I know you talk about, which I really love, is the idea that actually boundaries forces you to take responsibility for how you feel about a way that someone's treating you. So can you talk a bit about that? I guess if people are listening and there's that thing, I'm like, oh, they're you know, a bad client. They text me all hours of the day. They expect everything in you know, 10 minutes time. Their expectations are just completely off of my boundaries. Can you talk a bit about, I guess, the shift that has to happen before putting boundaries in place to change that? Yeah, that's a really, really juicy topic. I think it's hard to accept that. A lot of people will find a lot of resistance around that Mm. because if you have fallen into the trap of not having boundaries with clients, then there is that moment of taking ownership of that. Mm. It's quite nice to be a victim of (laughs) other people, right? And this is applicable to anyone. If you've got a friend that's taking advantage, I love the example you sometimes give, like if you've got a mother-in-law that's a bit overbearing, (laughs) like it's a comfortable place. I feel the need to say, I love my (laughs) mother-in-law. It's not a real life example. (laughs) It's a comfortable place to be a victim of those people as opposed to- easy to to blame other people. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable actually taking responsibility for the role that you've played in creating that dynamic. Yeah. And that would be true within client work, I think, more so than any other space because there's also a transaction there. So we probably put a lot of weight on our lack of boundaries. Yeah. So I think the first step is to take ownership of that, which is the hardest step. Mm -hmm. Then I think thinking about what boundaries would relieve that situation, because you've really got to dig into what it is that you're getting annoyed about or what it is that's upsetting you or what it is that you feel is taking away from you and taking away from your business. So let's say emails are a good example. So you might think that a client, or you might know that a client expects you to get back to them straight away if you email them. Or I have a lot of people say that clients like WhatsApp them at all hours of the day and night, which is very interesting. So I think it's figuring out which area you're struggling with and why. And then if in an ideal world, how would that look? And what, you know, rules and boundaries would you set around that? Mm. So maybe if at the moment you're replying to clients whatsapp messages at the weekend this is a huge thing i see i hear about maybe that is something maybe you're happy you know you're working monday to friday anyway you're more than happy to get back to them pretty much straight away monday to friday normal hours but at the weekend you might have kids you might want to spend time with your family you might just want to switch off So maybe for you, a boundary is you don't reply to clients at the weekend. And I know that might sound like a huge leap for some people, but if that is going to help you serve more clients in a better way in the long run anyway, Mm. then you know deep down that you need to do that. In terms of implementing, which I'm happy to chat about. Yeah, because I feel like there's a... I was even thinking when you were saying that, there's two sides, right, of setting a boundary. There's defining the boundary, but... I would say probably the biggest part, particularly if it's a boundary that involves someone else, is communicating that Mm. and setting expectation with it. Yeah. Which is hard to do with anyone, but I think particularly hard to do when we think, oh, people, one of the things they value is that constant connectedness and that constant, you know, those very high expectations of how much they can, 
you know we keep coming back to this idea of like messaging you but you know it can be anything so first of all I think give people credit because I think we almost jump to the assumption that someone is going to turn around and bite our head off Mm. and be like how dare you you're selfish I'm paying you money to do this and you're how dare you not reply to my whatsapp message at 11 p.m like most people realistically even if they send that they might just not consider that they're overstepping a boundary I know in the past people I've worked with not even clients just like people I've partnered up with and stuff have texted me work-related things and they have said to my face oh do you know I don't expect you to reply there and then it was just on my mind and I just wanted to send it Mm. so I think first of all give people credit because most people you know most people respect boundaries and most people like boundaries yeah like it's so funny the different perception we have of boundaries of when someone else sets them for us versus when we're setting them for someone else so like my you know I'm much better with it now but my just immediate perception of setting a boundary with client is like oh my gosh they're going to be so annoyed they're not going to like it it's going to be frustrating to them but I've never had a bad experience with it because actually every time I know that I've been on the end of someone else's work you know I think about my web developer cat and she won't mind me saying this she is brilliant with boundaries and she is the most brilliant web designer I've ever worked with and actually for me the fact that she sets her boundaries helps me because then I feel really confident that I know what to expect of her and what to ask of her. Yeah. And we just feel really aligned in terms of how we're working together. Yeah. But it's so interesting, exactly like you said, that like actually give people credit that they can deal with you, put a boundary in place, and actually they can understand that it's helpful for them. We just assume that everyone's going to throw their toys out the pram because we've set a boundary. Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> and we're also living in a culture where not having boundaries, working every hour under the sun, bending over backwards for everyone, being everything to everyone at all times is seen as the thing to strive for. Mm. So I always like to remind myself and others that when you are setting a boundary, you're also giving that person permission to go and do that for themselves. That's so true. I really hope that this put yourself first like revolution has that knock-on trickle-down effect where we all just end up in a place where we feel better. Mm. So I think the first thing is, yeah, giving someone credit and not just assuming that they're going to hate you because I've definitely been there. I've definitely predicted a conversation to be way worse than it's going to be. The next thing I think is approaching it in a really positive way. If you set the tone, as you'll know, especially as a service, you steer the conversation, you set the tone, you are the leader of that dynamic because Mm. you're someone is paying you to deliver them a service you get to be in control of that situation and you get to steer it and I think whatever energy you bring to that conversation is going to be reflected so if you know that setting a boundary in place is a positive thing and is going to help the client themselves and all these other things then the client is going to feel better Mm. and more more looked after in that dynamic almost like when you're at school and you've got like a teacher student thing because teacher like you think of your favorite teacher at school they might have been strict or they might have set I'm I'm sure they set boundaries in some ways but you still really liked them and respected them Mm. and I think it's that delicate balance but yeah because people thrive within structure as well yeah people like to know what to expect of you and what you expect of them is a part of it as well 
And I like that idea of like coming at it in a positive way. Because like you said, if your mindset is, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me for this. This is going to be something that's going to make them not enjoy their work with me. Naturally, you would communicate it with that tone. But if it's from the angle of like, hey, you know, just FYI, whilst we're setting up this system, this is how I'm going to interact with it. I'm going to reply on these days within these times. And this is what you can expect of me so that I can support you along the way and blah, blah, blah. Like that just comes across as, okay, great. Thanks. Exactly. And they wouldn't think twice before just accepting it. And you've shared a really good like mini framework there because the the next and the last thing that I was going to say is being really honest, clear and direct so in the same way that I talk about I talk about saying no to things in the same way because I think you've just got to be clear and tell them and not overly apologize not skirt around the issue you want them to know exactly what the deal is right Mm -hmm. because otherwise what's the point in setting this boundary Mm -hmm. and I think if you can come at that in a positive way and not be overly apologetic because I think if you say I'm really I'm really sorry about this but you've already set the tone to be like something really shit yeah and even (laughs) if it's something that's neutral they perceive it in a negative way because they're thinking well and they're like they've sold it as a negative so so I can't message her at the weekend anymore Mm. whereas if you just said in this example hi you know hope you've had a great weekend just don't even say just letting you know that's a habit of mine that I'm trying to get out of moving forward I am going to be switching my work phone off at the weekend to spend time with my family rest is really important to me and it just means that when I come to catch up on your project on Monday morning I'm raring to go and I'm you know full of energy and I feel recuperated so moving forward I will not be replying to messages doesn't mean you can't message me at the weekend just know that if you do I'll be getting back to you on Monday. And mm. I say this to clients from the get-go about Sundays, because Sunday is like my sacred day. And I say, I love hearing from you and I want you to message me, especially if you need to get something off your chest. I don't want you to feel like you have to wait till you know normal working hours. Just know that if you message me on a Sunday, I'm gonna get back to you on Monday. Mm. Easy as that. Self- yeah, it's yeah. fine. I'm interested to kind of round this conversation starter up with I guess some practical examples from both of us of what boundaries look like I think if we focus it within our businesses and within how we do that as service-based businesses because almost what I want people to do off the back of this episode is just to think for themselves of okay well like where am I out with boundaries because I'm sure you would say it's not a do it once tick the box great you've got boundaries now I'm sure it's something even you as an expert in this are always checking in on and developing and working on so I figured maybe by sharing some of the ways that we do that, it would help people to think of that for themselves. Yeah. I was trying to think as you were saying that, what because I'm not the best at boundaries. It's something I'm working on. And like I said, it's something really at the moment as I'm becoming more and more booked with clients and I'm kind of not over capacity, but I think walking a line of trying to figure out where capacity is, definitely learning a lot about putting boundaries in place and, and how that interacts with my work. But I know that one of the ones for me that's like completely fundamental, not even for my clients, but just for me, is around my working week of I won't schedule anything in before 10 a.m. unless it's a client call. That's where I've got like, there's some loopholes to some of my Mm. boundaries. But like, I never do client calls on a Monday. I never do client calls on a Friday. They always sit Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I never get into London before 10 a.m. Like those to me are my like time. That's what it looks like, boundaries which don't even feel like boundaries because they just feel fundamental to my business being successful. Yeah. But I guess that's what a boundary is, right? Yeah. 
yeah to make and, things work and now it's like your your clients aren't going to turn around to you and be like oh well, why can't i have a call on a monday mm. i don't even just, think twice about not yeah i don't even offer them a monday because it's just such a strong yeah. boundary and even if they asked for a monday you wouldn't feel bad about saying oh it's just tuesday wednesdays thursdays my client call days mm. and you know why as well i think that's it i think that's why i feel so good with those boundaries like my boundaries within my work are way better than my boundaries personally because within my work i'm so motivated by being a good coach and a good business owner and a good everything else that if i can equate it back to that i know that i'll do it okay i think i've just got to rewrite the story around some other boundaries yeah. which i know still impact that <laughs> yeah, bottom yeah. line but the don't per- feel as clear i wish like you could just move into my house for a month and i could and just sleep. like yeah i could just coach you and be like how much have you slept today alice have you sat down and had a meal and have you spent some time off social media and you know like all the all the wellness things that mm-hmm. we all know we should be doing Maybe I'd I should do it so as like a social experiment. <laughs> yeah. We should do it as like an Instagram TV series or something. Adam can come and make... Oh, you don't drink tea. Adam can Sorry. make you a hot water and I'll have a tea and he'll bring us our drinks in bed. He'll have to sleep on the couch okay, for the moment. For a month. <laughs> yeah. See you later, Adam. I'll move to Manchester. That's no problem. <laughs> it's a lot of logistics here. But I do... I Maybe that would be an interesting thing to do. But yeah, I think the personal stuff for you is is the missing piece you look so excited i'm so excited <laughs> to dive in yeah because you you had a real almost like a health burnout even though you weren't mentally burnt out nosebleed you were so ill yeah oh right yeah, yeah that you were just like i just need to be off for a week mm. i mean everyone gets ill and i'm not saying you're ill because you don't have boundaries but i was ill because there is i a don't mi- have boundaries yeah. <laughs> that is true there, there is a missing piece there so in a similar vein to the recent episode i don't know if you listened to it the one that i did with my life coach where we talked about enneagram and self-awareness not yet but i need to listen to it i think you'll I lo- like it I, I can't believe i've not yet because i love anything about personalities have you got enneagram no i've not done it listen okay to the episode tell me what you think okay because i'm interested to have a chat with you about it um but i ended that episode by doing almost a bit of live coaching which was my least favorite thing in the world but it's something that I think is really important when we have these quite qualitative and not fluffy, but I guess big picture conversations where I think it would be easy for people to listen to this episode, feel really inspired, but actually, as I'm sure this is something you're aware of, really things happen when you take action. So I thought something that might be interesting is to let you switch coach mode on to an extent and see where the conversation goes with maybe trying to unpick something for me that feels like a, it's lacking in terms of boundaries. Let's do it, I'm ready. I guess my first question would be, could you tell me off the top of your head, from a gut feeling perspective, what you feel is lacking in your life right now? And this is specific to your health and the life side of work-life balance. Something that you personally feel is missing. So not something you feel like you should do. Something okay. you miss that you used to make time for or something that you wish you could find more time for I I feel like this isn't a should I think this does come from me but I do struggle sometimes to know like is this something I feel like I should do or do I actually want to do this thing I it is interesting that we started the podcast by just joking about it but I think my relationship with just how I look after my body like food sleep exercise is something that I've had such a positive relationship with before 
and I just know is what slips the second that work gets full on. And it isn't a case of like, I feel actively like I miss it, but I do think, gosh, if this is me without it, how much better could things be if I add that in? And again, it's that relationship between short-term investment of more time and more resources for a long-term benefit. But because the long-term benefit doesn't feel urgent right now, it's one of those annoying things where I'm like- you get a nosebleed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what didn't get shared of that week? That week started with the nosebleed and being sick. And then I ended up going to the doctors the next day. And I basically turned out that I've got stomach ulcers, but it what like even from your what you saw saying like oh that was that's not great it was like it was worse than that yeah and I think that is a wake-up call of like crap I love this business is it worth building out the expense of me probably not but equally that belief that you have to be burning the candle at both ends to be building this business that is complete so societal conditioning and bullshit Mm. you can build a thriving business and feel amazing you can you can i and i do agree with that and if you want to be work if you want to be working in this business until you're 40 50 60 i don't know like what your Mm. life goals are plans you need to make it sustainable and i know your word for this year was sustainable it's got a bit more sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> it's got more financially sustainable. What do you think not making time for health and well-being is costing you at the moment? I think it's costing me. I think it's costing the way that I see others and the way that I feel about other people in my life. Because I constantly feel like, you know, as a coach, you're of service to people. And 90% of my time is spent as a coach at the moment because that's the way that I've formatted my life so I think because there's nothing in my life that feels like it's serving me I begin to resent people who want something from me and who have a right to because they're paying me for it and it's in a work setting because I don't have anything within my life that's me serving and feeding and nourishing me so I think it's costing me the way that I perceive relationships it's deep yeah (laughs) if you could zoom forward six months then and you've found a sustainable way to make more time for health and well-being what would that look like in an ideal day-to-day where it it exists comfortably and consistently alongside your everyday work I think it would be convenient convenience to me is a huge thing it would be like showing up in a way that genuinely like even in the short term still saves me time and energy and isn't costing a lot not really financially but more with time so I guess something that feels quite streamlined yeah and and works like when I was into health and well-being before it was I had like I would order all of my food at the start of the week and it would all be pre-made and I would just have that three meals a day and that was like actually really worked for me I don't really love exciting food that much so that was like my best thing ever but then I guess it also has to look pretty flexible just because of the nature of yeah my schedule yeah is that the right answer i mean there isn't the right answer (laughs) (laughs) if it's the right answer for you then it's the right answer spoken like a true coach um (laughs) so if you could get really practical with that then Mm. could you set a small goal to start working towards that that's going to be sustainable for you yes 
think the easier one to start with or that feels more important is the food one because I like I said very emotional relationship with food and Mm. I don't think that even when I'm feeling good or I'm feeling bad like that's a negative thing on both sides so I think even getting back into the routine of having I used to have like a smoothie for breakfast and a Caesar salad for lunch and I was like my favorite thing ever so I think even getting into those two meals because dinner's always the one that screws me over and when I try and do all three I then can't do the third. So I think, well, scrap it. I'm not going to do the first two because I can't do the third. Yeah. So I think even being sensible of like, well, I'm just going to start with breakfast and lunch and those are going to be consistent and healthy and simple and then take it from there. Yeah. That feels like the next step. And how how does, just to reiterate again, mm. how does how do you feel when you're doing those, when you're having those two things in your day? I feel good. Like physically feel good. Yeah. I feel like I've got energy. I feel like I've got attention attention is that the word yeah uh, yeah focused um and then like on a qualitative level I just feel really good about the way that I'm treating myself and it makes me want to make better decisions about in other areas of my health and well-being yeah and I feel proud of myself like I don't feel proud of the way that I treat myself right now it embarrasses me like I don't think it's impressive that I don't sleep much and don't eat great and like I don't think it's like haha that's just me like it annoys me because I'm like it's embarrassing it's stupid because I know that I should do it. So I think on a qualitative level, it'd be nice to be like, I'm doing good things for myself. Yeah. And I feel proud of that. Yeah. That's awesome. My last coachy question was going to be, what does future Alice believe about health and well-being as it relates to knowing that it's a good boundary to set and it ha- actually helps a business thrive rather than... So is that a boundary? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, because... If you're going to London one day, it'd be so easy for you to just get on the mo- like get on the motorway or whatever and have have your bombay to breakfast, which is fine and that happens. Mm. Don't beat yourself up. But if you knew that that was your boundary, your smoothie for breakfast, it'd be so simple for you to make that the night before and mm. know that like even if you know the whole day's food, like I'm just gonna let it go and just see what happens. But I know that I like having my smoothie in the morning and it makes me feel good and it sets me up for the day. Mm. And I think that is a boundary because it's something set in stone that you know is good for your well-being mm. and significantly impacts your business as well and the greater like the greater good, even though it's something so simple. Yeah, it's just, it's really interesting to me to rewrite that definition of boundaries in a really, like it it feels like every, most things fit into the category of being a boundary. I guess the difference is that you're intentional with it. Yeah. And it's not just a subconscious habit or behavior. You almost put a stake in the ground of, this might be something I'm always doing, but I'm now deciding that this is how and when and why I'm going to do it. And there's an accountability to it, right? Yeah. It's all about intention, I think. Mm. I think for you, it's, it's rewriting that narrative about building your business and maybe writing a belief like <laughs> something that is gonna remind you of how much it impacts the bigger picture to look after yourself physically mm. I think that's it is the evidence and I know like I've done this before like early this year for about the first six months of this year I was quite on it I was going to the gym each day I was eating pretty like breakfast and lunch were both pretty clean And then 
I remember saying to myself in January, I'm just going to do it for a month because I know that once I've done it for a month, I'll have evidence. And I know myself, as soon as I've got evidence, I can do it. And I think it's that of like, again, it's just getting that ball rolling again. And I know the second I can equate it back to that bigger picture, I'll want to do it. But it's just because right now the story that I tell myself doesn't tell me that that is a priority or that that does feed into that bigger picture. And I think even on the, it's like a whole conversation in itself, but the whole thing around like, I know that you don't have to work all the hours and push as hard as I am to build a business. I've got friends that do it in such a sustainable way. They're super, you know, balanced. I know it's a bit of a myth, but their schedule just looks completely different to mine. I don't think this is the only way to do it. I guess for me, it like, and I do think I really mean this. Maybe in five years, I'll think this is stupid, but like right now, it's the thing that I am willing to do to build it at the rate and the scale that I want to build it at the moment. I think I do recognize at some, t- at some point that, is going to want to shift and I'm not going to want to work all the hours and do all the things but I think right now it does feel okay to give myself permission to do that I guess this conversation is helpful in thinking okay well how do I make sure I'm doing that in a way that is sustainable yeah and isn't coming at a cost to anything else yeah which I guess and it isn't is landing thing. you in hospital yes <laughs> don't get to that point again please no please get some sleep <laughs> I'm such a mom Kat, I honestly, I'm going to decide now, you and I, whether you want to do this or not, I'm just going to say on the podcast, we have to do it. We are going to do some four-week experiment. I mean, you, you you can say no to this, but I just feel like I should do like a four-week sleeping this many hours, eating in this good way, whatever, so whatever wellness plan you want to come up with. And I'll do like an Instagram TV series of like four videos, one a week, like how I'm finding it, basically, hopefully going from resenting it loving it and seeing evidence and then maybe people can see the process mm, that sounds really good we'll i think you should do it even just with sleep i think you'd notice a huge difference eight hours a night all right i just yeah and like you've got so much energy and passion and like i can just you tell be like come on crap i can just tell yeah. you love what you do imagine you with eight hours sleep every I night i think people would be overwhelmed <laughs> can you sleep less again please <laughs> too much <laughs> no that is so good this conversation has been really really interesting I've hated elements of it because it feels quite vulnerable but it was really interesting to unpack and I think hopefully I'm not putting that conversation the end of that conversation starter out there for people to have an interest in my life I think it's just that practical example of how you know kind of like I did with the recent episode with my life coach um about how working through this stuff isn't always glamorous and isn't always fun but ultimately is worth it and only becomes impactful when you make it practical yeah so hopefully off the back of this conversation people have a better understanding of how boundaries are important and can I guess consider for themselves what that might look like and take some action yeah any final words of wisdom if people are going to go do that I think if everyone listening to this chose to put themselves first, even in a small way, that could genuinely change the world. Because mm. I think when you choose to put yourself first, as, as counterintuitive as it may seem, you just have so much more impact on the people you care about and the things you care about. Mm. And if like I could just shout that from the rooftops, then I would. Put and I will. <laughs> yourself first. That's the message. Yeah. 
you ready for the biggest change of tone you've ever felt within a podcast? Yeah. For our two final quickfire questions. Yes. You've one come of, up one with of them. them is a little deep. One of them is just ridiculous. What do you want to start with? So we'll start with the deep one so we can like wind down. Nice. And then we can end on something light. Bring it. My question is, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you carry on working on? What work would I get rid of? Well, as in what, what would my work do? would I still yeah, do? Yeah, what would you still be doing? Because you'd obviously still be working, I'd obviously still be working. Mm. But what would you be... If if money wasn't even a concern, and you didn't have to think about scaling or sustainability or any of these things, what would you do? Have I? Can I use the lottery money... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend on the business. Yeah. Okay, well, I would just do nothing. Everything would be in-person retreats, conferences, workshops. None of it. Like, I'd still want to work as much. I'd still want to work with the people that I work with now. I wouldn't want to change my work. But, the you know, it's a cost element of doing everything digitally and trying to keep everything really streamlined. If money was just no object, we'd just be having, like, weekly conferences and weekly retreats yeah <laughs> that would be the vibe how about you i love that that's such a good question by the way thank you really makes you think about what you because you never stop and just think what do i actually enjoy about this yeah and i actually wrote an instagram caption off the back of writing down this question because i was like if you won the lottery what would you do but then how can you actually just do that anyway yeah well that's the thing <laughs> yeah. and that's even with like that live coaching we did it's so frustrating because it's so simple and it's not aspirational you can take action on it now yeah do you think is why question i that's good because it yeah. makes you think like then you can be like well why don't you do that more idiot yeah anyway what would yours be so i am the same in that my passion lies in leading group sessions in person and connecting with people in person so i think i would just be on a plane like every other week I would be traveling the world and speaking for free at any at any event I could. I love that. Because I love speaking and I love doing workshops and talks and things. And I'm very aware that I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be like a six-figure speaker. And I know that like spe- speaking is on my 2020 thing anyway. And speaking for free and doing things for free. But if I had all of the money in the world, then I would literally be like, who wants me? Yes. <laughs> who wants to put themselves first? I'll come I'll come to your school. I'll come to your workplace. I'll come to your whatever event. Don't give don't need to give me a fee, I'll just come and do it. I love that though. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like travel would be a really cool part of it if money didn't matter. And I would also be travelling the world for the podcast as well because that is like my baby my passion project Mm. I think about it every single day and I love it I would be on a plane again I would be meeting people around the world to interview them Mm. hiring out like the best studios yeah the best everything exactly I love that yeah I feel like I would just upgrade everything and I would you know get an iMac and all of that material stuff as well oh 100% 100% I would be I'm actually looking to it's very mundane I am buying a new laptop in the next few months and it's just an ordeal because who knew they were so expensive oh I did Apple has absolutely <laughs> like I, I think I bought this like four years ago and I, I just obviously had blanked it out of my brain because it was so painful at the time to spend that much money and now I'm looking at it again and I'm like yeah. wow where's my mortgage for this laptop you could get a car Disgusting. you could actually get a car for that price but 
Yeah, I think. But then the think thing, what it does for you. I know, I know. And the thing with Apple is they do back you into a corner and they're like, look at all these great products, aren't they and amazing? And they all fit in together. And now you need to buy them all for eternity and continue upgrading them because we know they're the best and we're just going to keep putting the price up mm-hmm. and you're going to pay it. I mean, sat here with iPhone, <laughs> yeah. iPad, Mac and Apple headphones in. So yeah. yes. Sign me up, Apple. <laughs> I will buy everything you have. Yeah. That's a good question. What's our what's our final quick fire? Oh, our final quick fire. I love. <laughs> this is gonna sound so ridiculous after all this um, incredible like deep chat. Mm. Top three biscuits, go. Top three biscuits. Party <laughs> rings. Oh chocolate fingers. Can I go top two? I think I'd be adding a third in just for the sake of having a third. Wow. Okay. Yours? Maryland cookies, chocolate chip. What about the double and the triple chocolate? Or do you like your classic? No, just plain. Okay. Really specifically, supermarket own brand milk chocolate chip cookies. They have to do the supermarket own brand ones that you get in the bakery section. You know, the big ones. Oh, yes. Because they're softer and, and when gooier. they're soft and warm. I always feel the packages to check that they're soft. Oh my God, I soft. do that too. I'm like, if it's hard, I'm Adam's not getting like, them. you're a weirdo. You've just like squeezed everyone's cookies and found the softest ones. But yeah, I do that too. I'm with you. I've also heard a tip that I've used. Pop them in the oven for a couple minutes. Mm, I do a little microwave Goo sometimes. Them oh yeah. So good. It. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realise yeah. cookies was part of it. So my third one is um, Subway cookies. Oh yeah. Have you ever had a Subway cookie? Yes. Life-changing. Nearly had yeah. one this morning. Now I've said that though, I feel like that is a controversial mm. thing. Are cookies allowed? Let's pretend they are. They are the on my podcast. list. All right, what's and your number three? I've just got to go with a classic custard cream. Are you a custard or bourbon? Because we had that as a recent quickfire question. Oh no, I want to change my own answers now. I'm sorry. I've changed my own answer on the spot. Right, okay. Because it's not a custard cream, it's a milk chocolate digestive. Fair. Do you want to talk about that change or <laughs> no that's it <laughs> podcast over and out guys thanks so much for listening please leave a review check cat out leave clearly i notes. like chocolate because every single <laughs> one of them <laughs> and all very specific chocolate. i really respect that really similar as well <laughs> i love that well what a way to end what's been a very deep episode chocolate biscuit chat <laughs> don't get in touch about the boundaries get in touch about what your favorite chocolate biscuit is yeah <laughs> that's what we want to know is this the new shower gate biscuit gate i'm not willing to find out what the next gate is cat shower gate is still following me i'm gonna do a poll tonight of how many people mention shower gate at this i think event. the biscuit thing is such a controversial thing mm. people feel really strongly about their favorite biscuit british so please, people please dm me and we can talk about biscuits maybe don't dm Alice, because it doesn't sound like she wants to. I'm talk not really about a biscuit person. <laughs> As we've discovered, I have an interesting relationship with food that I, I just don't care for anyone to unpack. But people can obviously also check you out as, alongside the biscuit chat <laughs> to connect with more of your put yourself first message because yes. it, it's something that's so needed in the world. And also to check out your group coaching. Yeah. Which is very exciting. I know. Thank so you for joining exciting. me, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. Like and thanks for being vulnerable. I know it's really difficult. And sometimes I ask questions and I feel sorry for the person that they have to answer it (laughs) because coaching is so heavy sometimes. Yeah. But it's so, like you say, it's it's so so needed though. So important. So impactful. And always good as a coach to be on the other, like it's very different coaching, but it's always like none of us are perfect. No. It's so impactful to pause and reflect and create space to do that. So thanks for doing it. 
Thanks for doing it too. We're going to go eat some McDonald's now. Yeah. <laughs> Straight after talking about biscuits and healthy eating. Yeah. So what's your order of choice? Always either a chicken nugget or a chicken select girl. I was going to get chicken nuggets. I love chicken nuggets. Do you want to share a 20 box? Why not? See you there. <laughs>